You're listening to the Tri-State Sports Beat on Anchor FM. Joe, you know what time it is? Try to say sports beat time. Well, that too, but um, the rant and rave. Well, that too. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. But it is Danny Dimes time. Oh, that time! It is Danny Dimes time for the New York Giants. Welcome to welcome back to the Tri-State Sports Beat. Nick and Joe back at it again for episode number eighty-eight. And uh, wow, a lot has happened. The New York Giants make a quarterback change a lot sooner than we thought. And the New York Jets make us really question what we're doing with our life. They really do. They really do. But before we rant and rave about the Jets, let's talk about the New York Giants. And plus, we got baseball to talk about, too, of course. They lost 28-14 to the Buffalo Bills. Are we shocked? No. No, we're not. You know, they were down 21. They were down 21-7 in the the second half, uh, at the end of the first half. And it was just... We could do, we're going to end up saying this all season long, Joe, that this defense does not scare a single soul. No, the defense is – and the whole team is bad right now. Yeah. But the defense Besides is Besides Saquon just, Barkley, I mean. The, well, yeah, but the defense <clears throat> is just horrendous. I mean – Blown coverages all over the place, and you know that's that's that wasn't really the huge story though. But Eli Manning was getting his. I think he had like four or five balls batted down. I didn't watch the entire game, but he had four or five balls batted down throughout this game. And you know the Giants just didn't have it. Threw two interceptions. Just I mean, he threw for two hundred fifty yards, I believe. But it was just not a good day for Eli Manning. But what we really want to talk about is not so much the game. We know the Giants lost, and the Bills are two and zero. You know, unfortunately. Um, yesterday, the New York Giants made a quarterback change. Officially. Officially. Daniel Jones is now the starting quarterback, and Giant fans are excited. You know, I was expecting, oh no, like, what are we, like, what are they doing? No, I didn't, I actually didn't expect that at all. I mean, I expected it a little bit. I didn't, I mean, I didn't expect a whole lot, but most uh, for the most part, Giants fans are ready and excited for this. Well, good luck. <laughs> I mean, um, they're facing the Tampa Bay team, who's you know we know Todd Bowles very well, of course, but he's, Daniel Jones is going to be going up against that defense, and um, this is a lot sooner than we originally thought. We originally thought, okay, maybe week five, week six, maybe after their bye week. Do you think Daniel Jones is ready for this? Um, I don't know if he's, I think he might be mentally ready. Mm -hmm. I think just because of the player that he is, seems like he's very cool, laid back kind of guy. Um, I think he'll, it'll take a little adjusting, Mm -hmm. obviously, because you're now going against, um, team's first defenses. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's got... I mean, he had a heck of a he, preseason, but you can only do you can only yeah. take so much out of that. He's not going to do amazing, I think, in his first game mm-hmm. right out of the gates. Yeah. If he does, then kudos to him. Right. But I, I just don't see his his potential, or not even his potential, but his ability mm-hmm. um, that the, is there yet. It's the, not developed yet. The thing with Daniel Jones coming out of Duke was that you know. 
people were saying, like they were saying about Josh Rosen last year, actually, that he was probably the most pro-ready quarterback in this past year's draft. But a lot of criticism was, you know, he couldn't throw the long ball, you know. But looking back on it now, I mean, he can throw a decent deep football. It's not great. It's not fantastic, but it's okay. But a stat that I didn't know about that I heard yesterday, Duke led the nation in drops last year. So obviously that takes a hit to Daniel Jones's film when you're looking back at it in college. So it's not all of his fault. So, but here's the thing, you know, when he was at Duke, he had pretty, pretty garbage receivers. Now with the Giants, I mean, you look at this receiver staff right now with Sterling Shepard questionable for the game. He was out last week with a concussion. He's still going through that. Cody Latimer now is questionable. You have Benny Fowler. TJ Jones was brought back. Um, Darius Slayton is questionable. You got Russell Shepard, Cody Core, and, you know, Golden Tate still suspended. I'm worried that Daniel Jones is not going to be able to thrive with this receiving core at the moment. Yeah, especially right now. I'm very, that's the one thing I'm nervous about. And I'll tell you, the offensive line's better. I mean, the offensive line is doing much better, even though, you know, last week wasn't so awesome. But the O line is better than it was last year. So I think he'll be I think he'll be fine in that aspect. And the beautiful thing is Daniel Jones can use his legs. Yeah, he's an athletic quarterback. Yeah, he, so he could throw. He that's why that's why so many people I think are excited to see him. All mm-hmm. all the Giants fans are excited to see him because Eli Manning was that traditional pocket quarterback. You 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 weren't going to see him run. I mean, in his younger years, he could. Like he could, he could scramble get out of the pocket a little to, bit. Yeah. But that's about it. Daniel Jones can scramble mm-hmm. if he needs to, yeah. but he can also run if he needs to. Run for to. a first down. You don't see that. Yeah. You never saw that with Eli ever. He yeah, can I tuck it and run. Give, I think it'll give him a little more opportunity. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, but we don't, don't. But the Giants don't. Pat Shermer and the Giants, they don't want him to run all over the field because that means the offensive line is not doing their job. Yeah. So the other thing with them putting him in so early. I think they really should have waited until this receiving core was at least halfway back. Right. I mean, Golden Tate will be back in two games, I think. He'll be back after their next game, after this Tampa game. So I'm very interested to see what happens. I mean, to be honest with you, the Jets are playing the Patriots. We know we'll talk about that in a bit. I'm going to be tuning into this to see if Daniel Jones can pull it off because so many Giants fans, and we came on here too, um, the night before the draft, the night after the draft, and said this was a horrible pick, and I'm hoping Daniel Jones proves us all wrong. Um, as for the rest of the Giants, uh, let's let's just, I just don't. This defense could probably have their best game this week, going up against the Tampa Bay team, who actually came off came off a Thursday night win against the Carolina Panthers. A shocker to say that, but. They have Jameis Winston, they have Mike Evans, they have Peyton Barber, they have weapons on this Tampa Bay team. I'm interested to see how this 4-3 Giants-based Giants defense goes up against these, this offense of Tampa Bay, who was, I think, the top-scoring defense uh, offense last year, excuse me, um, under their previous offensive coordinator, who is now with the Browns. Why can't I think of his name? Todd Munkin, that's it, because he interviewed for the Jet job. So... What are you looking to see out of this Tampa Bay game? Well, uh, besides Daniel Jones, I was going to say besides Daniel Jones, I think what I'm going to pay attention to the most is the defense. Mm-hmm. 
what? Because they just haven't. They've had a horrific last first two weeks. Yeah, what been, they're going to do with the run game because they mm-hmm. have. Um, Tampa has, like you said, Peyton Barber, who's been playing very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have receivers like Mike Evans, who could go off at any point. Right. And and Winston is Winston. He he has a lot of all. He's games, one of the most inconsistent quarterbacks play, we've seen. When he plays well, he's going right. To, He's going to shut a defense down. And with a guy like Brute, like in a quote-unquote quarterback whisper, because we know that term gets thrown around a lot. Um, but he actually wrote a book about it, so I guess whatever. But with a quote-unquote quarterback whisper and Bruce Arians, I'm I'm interested to see from the Tampa Bay Tampa Bay perspective on how Jameis Winston can go about this because he they beat a pretty good Carolina team on Thursday night. We watched it and. You know, we'll see what happens there. But I just saw this on the injury report for the Giants that Kevin Zeitler, their right guard, is questionable. I'm not sure what the injury is, but if he doesn't play, that is a huge hit for this Giants for this Giants uh, for this Giants offensive line because they're going up against um, a very decent front in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'll be tuning in because let's be honest, I'm not watching that. I'll watch the Jets, of course. I watch the Jets every week, but. They're going up to New England this week, and that's a great transition. Joe, please, lead lead this off. Lead this off, please. Where do you want me to even start? Start with the game, please. Uh, well, so, obviously, Nick and I were at the game, and, and we, you know, we we had the feeling. We had low expectations. Wasn't, it wasn't with. going to be a good game, and we got in the stadium, and our, our, our we got anxious. We started getting a little excited. Of course. We hold them on that first drive to a field goal, mm-hmm. and then we go three and out. Yeah, and then, and then from there it was just downhill. Uh, Simeon gets injured in the second, third uh, quarter. Luke Falk comes in. In my opinion, I think Luke Falk played rather well with the cards he was dealt. With the cards he was absolutely. dealt, absolutely. I think he was um, twenty. Was he twenty-two for twenty? for like 250 yards or something like that it was it was for a guy that just fresh off the practice squad fresh off the practice squad and technically a rookie because i believe he was drafted Um, last year was he not yeah he was drafted last year didn't play no and then he's been on two different teams already yeah so you know i think we have to give him a little credit he's he's doing what he can Mm -hmm. With like you said, the cards that he's dealt. Right. The offensive line looked horrendous. This poor guy never had a chance. Awful. He never had a chance. I think he was sacked what two times, three times. Yeah, because uh, they I think Cleveland had a total of four sacks and three of those given up by our tremendous left tackle Kelvin Beecham. Yeah, who was going up against Miles Garrett, who's one of the best pass rushers in the league. I get it, but overall, this offensive line is just a garbage bag full of pudding. Yeah, something that we improved on. So much quote unquote improve on, you know this Ryan Khalil thing. uh, This is what bugs me a little bit because you bring in a all pro center. He was a four time Pro Bowler, I think. You know you had to bring this guy out of retirement just so he could play for you. Ryan Khalil doesn't look like he wants to play. He doesn't look like he wants to. You know he's not doing anything. Not doing anything to help Sam when he was in to help. You know to help Simeon to help Falk. It's just you're better off having Jonathan Harrison in the game. Like why not at this point? Got to change something up on the offensive line. It is just awful. I think he's honestly with 
the whole Khalil thing, I think he's trying to do too much because... Well, because somebody needs to pick up the slack yeah, on this awful offensive yeah. line. Awful. And then, you, then he tries to do other people's jobs right. while trying to do his job. Right. And there's going to be... There's going to be... Things that get messed up. But a positive it's, thing on the offensive line is that we're not hearing Coleccio Semley being called out. So obviously yeah. he's doing his job. It seems that way. He's doing his job. He hasn't been called out yet. I guarantee you this week the whole offensive line is going to get called out this week as they go up against the Patriots. But another another point was this defense was absolutely ready to play. The crazy thing about this game, the Jets were, the Jets were down 16. What was it? Down 16-3, right, at one yeah. point? Yeah, they were down 16-3 at one point. At the half. Yeah. Go, and and Adam Gase giving away that, that field goal to make it 16-3 at the half t- at halftime was just ridiculous. Him, uh, oh, I just, I can't put words into this. Not taking a time, like, how do you not take a timeout? He just lets the, lets the time roll off the clock. Then Cleveland takes their own timeout. They get the ball right back, and they, they, they have to go a couple plays to score a field goal to go up 16-3. Awful. He, man- he manages the clock as well as I do exactly. in Madden. Exactly. And we thought Todd Bowles was bad at managing the clock these past four years. Oh, my God. Unfreaking believable. But this defense came ready to play. Of course, there was the whole storyline with Greg Williams and Odell, but whatever. Um, this team couldn't, you know, the defense couldn't carry this inept offense on their back. It was it was awful. And then the defense had their own drama. Tremaine Johnson was benched for an undisclosed reason. We have no freaking idea. And then Jamal Adams, who was sat and missed the last five plays because he committed two straight penalties. I'm sorry. The guy is your franchise safety. He does. He goes all out, 100%, every single play. They could be down 43-2. to two. He'd still be going all out. And this whole thing with Jamal taking his, you know, Instagram, you know, his Instagram bio, his Twitter bio, unfollowing the Jets on Instagram, even though he quote unquote never followed them on Instagram. You know, as a Jet fan, I'm I'm shaking. This guy is one of the best defensive players we've ever had. You never, you know, with the Jets, they they draft guys. And we're like, oh, we don't know who, like, how this guy's going to be. That was not the case with Jamal Adams. We knew exactly what we were getting in this guy. And now, you know, he takes down his Twitter bio. He was on WFAN with uh, Bart Scott and Maggie Gray yesterday. When asked about it, he was like, oh, it's just all outside noise. Jamal, I'm sorry, but you're causing this outside noise. Why even do it if you're not trying to catch attention, somebody's attention? So obviously he's frustrated somewhat with the Jets. Yeah, I, I can't blame I mean, him. You can't believe, blame him. I believe he's frustrated, and who wouldn't be? Who wouldn't be? Because I believe Le'Veon Bell is frustrated. Oh yeah, thank but, God for Le'Veon Bell. Thank God for this guy. What? But you know what? There's right now, and I'm I, I'm sorry to blame it on injuries, mm-hmm. but there's so many. Injuries. They do. It does. You know, the injuries do have something to do with it, and they're they're not to. These side piece players, no. they're to your starting quarterback, mm-hmm. your starting middle your linebacker, starting middle linebacker who basically runs that mm-hmm. defense, who's the by far the best player on that defense, right. I believe. Right. Sorry, Jamal, but he's got the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. So, and and CJ CJ Mosley's the one getting the play calling from from Greg Williams. So obviously, there's something there. I mean, because he's the he's the inside linebacker, so that's that's your leader of your defense, that's your quarterback of the defense there. But you know, the whole Jamal thing on top of being two and zero and two, and 
this season seems like it's already in shambles. And the headline of this all is Adam Gase. You know, this is the second straight week that he has had a questionable strategy. Again, you're playing your second and third string quarterback, okay? The game plan, you know, he he was in a press conference before the game, and he was like, oh, the strategy doesn't change whoever the quarterback is. Bullshit. Yeah, no. Bullshit. Sorry. But, you know, the game plan changes when you have Trevor Simeon, and then he goes down, and then Luke Falk. And another thing I don't believe is that his postgame press conference, when asked about how much of the playbook did you have to throw out the window, oh, we didn't have to throw anything out for Luke Falk. The guy's on the practice squad. He doesn't know the whole... Like, he's, he can't run the same plays that Darnold or even Simeon does. I, th- I think it's a mistake that you did... That if you didn't throw out some of the uh, play calls. Right. But at the same... Hey, I, think it, I think it's all crap. And here's the thing. Joe and I, even Scott, at the beginning, we were like, we don't want this guy. You you remember we don't want like we didn't want this guy we were nervous about this guy didn't have a winning record in Miami but here's no, what happened but here's the but here's what happened but we got on the train yeah we got you know, sucked we in because it. we were you know we were promised an offensive genius that's gonna work with our quote unquote franchise quarterback who we don't even know when is gonna come back so we were promised a offensive genius offensive mastermind. And he has not done anything. Even going back to week one, the offense is inept. We, this past week against Cleveland, you only muster up three points, which I'm shocked. Sam Ficken, we might have a kicker now. Holy crap. Oh, yeah, we, we <laughs> might have a kicker There's so much now. other stuff going on, we forgot about it. Sam Ficken, welcome to the Jets. We might have a kicker now. It's tremendous. And you could just, like, the energy in that stadium the other day, it was just such a sarcastic kind of tone because Luke Falk came in. We were all getting behind Luke Falk. That's what you got to do when you're when your quarterback goes out. You got to get behind the guy that's going to be under center. But when the when Sam Ficken kicked that field goal, I don't know if it was 40 out if it was probably a 45-yard field goal or something like that. The place went nuts. Oh yeah. In such a sarcastic tone though because it's like holy crap, we finally scored a point after being down 16 nothing already. Or 13 nothing at that point. I this yeah. franchise is an absolute shambles. They have made me question my life choices these past couple of days. You know, Joe, tell tell the people. I've been in a daze for these past. Yeah, uh, it's, you have, absolutely. I question my. I question why I root for this football team at zero and two. If you were to ask me, the Jets start zero and two this year. Oh no, we'll be okay. But then throw in the quarterback's got mono. Your number two receiver is out for the year. Probably his whole career is over. Um, your offensive coach, offensive mastermind head coach, has no idea what he's doing because his eyes are all over the freaking place. Uh, you're, you're, you're down to your third string quarterback, and your only piece is your running back, who thank the Lord for Le'Veon Bell because that's another guy that gives 150% when the Jets were even down 16-3, and you knew the game was over anyway because there was no way they were coming back. Thank God for Le'Veon Bell, and I hope he's here for the long run because, and I hope it doesn't come in question. Because I'm going to be honest, I'm questioning Jamal Adams' commitment to the team with this, with all this crap going on on Instagram and Twitter. Because he's the guy. Jamal Adams is the guy. Oh, we just got to stick together. We got to do this, do that. We got to rally around our guys. Jamal, how is this rallying around your own guys, dude? Are you going to like step out and quit? I, I would like to know now. If you're going to step out and quit on us. I know you're our best defensive player. If he's going player. to step out and quit on us, then we can make a move on yeah. uh, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. 
But Jamal, Jamal was the one last. You hang around. Jamal was the one last year. Oh, we need dogs. We need dogs. Jamal, we have dogs. We have C.J. Mosley. We got Le'Veon Bell. We have pieces. You know, they're not healthy right now. It's not. It's something that they can't control as a team. They can't control that as a team. And they have no choice. And when the going get tough, Jamal Adams was there for the past two years. He's been here. You know, he's he's done it. Interesting fact, too, the Jets are 9-25 and 25 since they drafted Jamal Adams. I would be pissed, too, if I won nine games in three years. But if you wear that C on your chest and now you pull this, like, I'm sorry, but... You can't do that. If you are truly committed to the New York Jets, be here. Show that you're supportive. Don't do all this crap to cause attention because you're mad that you got benched. Do I necessarily agree with the benching? No. Because you made two bad penalties at the end of the game? All right, let's be honest. We're not going to win the game anyway. What's the point of the benching? I don't really agree with Greg Williams and Adam Gase there. And then these false reports that are coming out, you read to me yesterday that he's not have he's never been happy with Gase and yeah, and Greg I, Williams. I, 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 I don't buy that. that I don't true. buy that at all. We got that from uh, what was it a barstool guy yeah. or something? I don't buy that whatsoever. The sources we have are legitimate, and yeah, you got you got to remember where barstool is coming it, it, from. No kidding. So no kidding. So, I mean, the sources we have, the guys that we have on our notification list on Twitter, those are the guys we only pay attention to. And, and you know, but anyway, to digress, to go to be 0-2 right now, Joe. It hurts. It, it hurts. But you almost want to say that the season's over, but some but gotta, I just can't thing, believe that the now. Only, I'm telling you, the only saving grace right now is that we have this – Week four bye. Yeah. And I hated the week four bye. Now it's probably the best thing that could happen to them. It's the best thing now. So before we take a break, going into New England, I laugh because. Because it's, it's a it's, joke. <laughs> it's, I just, there's just no words. CJ Mosley, Quinn Williams, their day to day with their injuries. Now Jordan Jenkins and Demarius Thomas, who. Demari- did Demarius Thomas even play on Monday night? He played like, a few. He, I believe, he played a few snaps. He didn't. He didn't play much at all. Like that's news we to know, me because if he got hurt in the game, he, know, I wouldn't have known it. Because yeah, we know he had a uh, a hamstring in, uh, coming here. Coming yeah. here. So he, uh, Jordan Jenkins, I think it's a calf injury, and then Demarius Thomas. They're both week to week. Luke Falk will be the starting quarterback, and the Jets have signed backup David Fails, who was with Gase in Miami. And uh, I think it was previously with the Detroit Lions. So the Jets are currently 22.5-point underdogs. That's pretty generous, if you ask me. Um, Just wait, <laughs> with the way the Patriots have been rolling lately, the past Is there weeks, any way? Is there any way? Just say no. I mean, just, Luke, just no. I mean, Luke Folk was drafted 199, oh, 18 years after Brady. Who knows? Maybe. Stop. <laughs> I, I don't. It's bad. All I'm saying is if Luke Falk pulls this out of his hat, <sighs> I might have some questions for Sam Donald. Oh, yes. <laughs> Along with all the other questions surrounding <laughs> this football team. Oh, my goodness. 
So the Jets will take on the New England Patriots on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Folks, it's not going to be pretty. It's really just, it's not going to be nice. Especially going to New England. I'd give us more of a shot if we were at home, but starting the season 0-3, going into the bye week is just really depressing. Well, you know what? Maybe, Maybe the Patriots fans will stay home because... That would be great. Because it's technically a bye week for them, let's be real. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, I'm disgusted. I feel disgusting. Like Maybe Tom, maybe Brady will sit. Brown will sit. Yeah, just right. Stay oh, healthy. I forgot about Antonio Brown. Oh, man. They'll oh. play Gordon and oh, maybe pain. Edelman here and there. Oh. Maybe uh, they'll leave Burkhead in instead of Sony Michelle. Well, the problem is Burkhead's actually good. <laughs> That's Would you rather problem. Burkhead or Sony Michelle? I I'd rather none of the above. Ugh, it's so depressing. Or James so White. Depressing. They're all good. <laughs> They're all good. Ugh, Jet fan. If any of you Jet fans are listening out there, I'm so like. I'm sorry. <sighs> Nick got me into the the whole Jets thing, so I I could just blame him. <sighs> I just. I have no words, so now it's time to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Yankees and the Mets. We'll all talk about the Yankees and the Mets. And then uh, we'll go over some little little bit of storylines going on. Jalen Ramsey wants out of uh, Jacksonville. A couple injuries to some very key quarterbacks in the NFL that can really shape the landscape of this year. So it's oh, going to yeah. be huge. So when I come back, we're, we're going to talk about the Yankees and the Mets and how the Mets are over. And the Yankees are one win away from taking the American League East. You're listening to the Tri-State Sports Beat. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. All right, guys, welcome back. I'm going to talk some New York Mets and the New York Yankees while Joe is getting ready for a last-minute hockey segment because he has great ideas, you know. Um, let's start with the New York Mets real quick. Let's just get them out of the way. I mean, they swept the Diamondbacks in four games and then lost three or four to the Dodgers, and then now they're taking on the Rockies, who they um, they lost to in game one, and then last night they – B, I think I believe they shut him out. Or no, they the Rockies actually scored a home run in the bottom of a couple innings. Um, I want to talk about the implosion lad the the night before the Mets uh, against the Rockies. Really, just a depiction of the Mets season. You know, Stephen Matz took the hill. He pitched four innings, gave up six hits, seven runs, four strikeouts. The Mets had a four to one lead in the fourth inning. You know, Brandon Nimmo hit a solo home run. McNeil hits a two run homer, and then Rosario hits a, an RBI double. And the Rockies put guys on in their half of the fourth, and the pitcher, who was literally batting zero, Antonio Senzatella, tied the game with a two-run single. You know, they put guys on, and, you know. And then Trevor Story comes up and, of course, hits a three-run home run off of Steven Matz. And... Gives up seven runs in the inning to take a seven to four lead. And then the Rockies would just add two more, and uh, it's, the Mets are gonna be very brief today. But it's still over. It's still done. I mean, they won last night, but they have a slim to none chance. I believe they're still five games out. They're four games out as of last night. So there's not much like if they could if they could take. Two of three from the Rockies, I mean, that's great and all, but you still have uh, their upcoming schedule is they still have one more against the Rockies, three against the Reds in Cincinnati, four against the Marlins at City Field, and then they finish up the regular season with three against the Atlanta Braves. So 
the Mets can hang. If the Mets can just hang on, I mean, there's an outside chance, but I'm not banking on anything here. This team is just in like they're just like the Jets. They're in shambles, and the whole the whole thing with Noah Syndergaard now now Renee Rivera is going to be catching for him instead of Wilson Ramos. At this point, does it really even matter? Does it really even matter? Uh, yeah, it's great that they swept the Diamondbacks, but then they lost three or four to the Dodgers, and then this whole stuff with Noah Syndergaard is just ridiculous. It, it, it really, there really is a question whether they're gonna extend him. If I'm the Mets, at this point, you know where are you going with you know Jacob Degrom's contending for a Cy Young? I think he's gonna be doing that for at least a couple more years. I don't know if he'll necessarily win them, but he'll be in the conversation. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball all season long. Um, but the thing with Noah Syndergaard is, you know, there's going to have to be a choice. Brody Van Wagenen and the Mets, the Wilpons, they're going to have to make a decision. Keep Syndergaard, keep Wheeler. If it's up to me, I'm keeping Zach Wheeler, and I'm letting Noah Syndergaard hit the market. This is just not worth it. He's obviously not happy with what's going on in the Mets organization. I can't blame him. I really can't. But this whole thing with Ren- with Rene Rivera, when you're when the Mets are paying Wilson Ramos a lot of money to be the catcher, to be the number one catcher, it's just ridiculous. I'm not a big fan of personal catchers anyway, but whatever works works, I guess. But I understand that this was in the middle of the year, the beginning of the year, trying to figure things out, and if the Mets were really in the race. But we just have that feeling that it's just they're they're just dead. They're dead and buried. They're dead team walking, and just get ready for next year. So that's really it for the Mets. And then we have the Yankees, who tonight, if they win tonight or the Rays lose, the Yankees can win the American League East. They can clinch it and clinch that uh, clinch that division. So to start off, the Yankees took two of three in Detroit against the Tigers. Of course, game one was a real, real slugfest. The game was back and forth for the most part. Um, the Yankees had a 6 nothing lead in the second, and the Tigers would you know, annihilate Nestor Cortez and Luis Sessa for six runs in the third to tie the game. Then the Yankees would take an 8-6 to six lead off home runs by Guardian Didi, which were absolute clutch. The Tigers would follow up with four unanswered runs and take the 10-8 lead to have a two-run lead. And then this game, back and forth all night long. Two home runs by Edwin and Didi again would give the Yankees back the lead in the seventh to make it 11-10. to 10. And then Adam Onovino, who's had a rough month of September, um, the Tigers tie in the seventh off of him, and they would win the game in the bottom of the ninth off of a Jordy Mercer single off of Chance Adams, and they would win 12-11. to 11. So obviously it's embarrassing when a team that's going to win 100 games loses to a team that's going to lose 100 games if they already have already. I think they've lost 104 at this point. I think statistically they're the worst team other than the Baltimore Orioles. Um, but Wednesday they'd get rained out, and then they'd play a doubleheader on Thursday. So game one of that doubleheader, which is game two of the series, Yankees would take 10-4. to Jay Happ only went four and two-thirds, gave up seven hits, two runs. Another solid outing from him. Um, Yankees got out to a 4 nothing lead off of a Luke Voigt two-run homer. That's a guy that we haven't been talking about a whole bunch. But um, if Luke can start going and start hitting at this pace before the playoffs, that would be fantastic. Um, Edwin hits a two-run homer in the third. Um, in that four in the to make it a four nothing lead, Tigers would cut the lead in half in the fifth, and the Yankees would answer with three runs in the seventh, take a seven to two lead, 
and they would go by the eighth inning they'd be up 10 to 3 and they would win the game the Tigers would put up one more but the Yankees would win 10 to 4 in game number two and then game three was a little more interesting CC Sabathia went three and a third three hits two runs five strikeouts Domingo Herman actually came in in relief and pitched four scoreless innings it was fantastic the Yankees got out to a quick three nothing lead followed by two runs by the Tigers and then They'd get the Yankees would get another one in the fifth and two in the ninth off of a Gio Urshela home run two run home run to make it six to two. The Tigers would add two more garbage runs and the Yankees would pretty much handle them from there. And then this series against the Blue Jays, um, losing two of three is not ideal in the division. But at this point, the Blue Jays are so far behind. I don't think it really. I don't think it really matters. Um, game one, they lost. They lost six to five. Tanaka. It wasn't great, wasn't normally up to standard. Pitched five innings, eight hits, four runs, six strikeouts. The Blue Jays were pretty much in control this whole game. Um, They got out to an early 3-0 lead in the fourth, but then the Yankees would actually come back and battle in the fifth and get all five of their runs of the game in that inning, and they would take a 5-3 lead. So the Yankees put up a lot of offense, and they were pretty much prepared to come back and take the lead and stay there but the Jays would knock one in in the fifth to make it five to four and then once again Adam Adovino who's been struggling as of late comes in and gives up the tying run on a bulk that makes it five to five you just hate to give up the lead like that in general but on a something stupid as that is you know pretty shattering to the confidence um they'd go into extra innings and then uh Lions would give up a solo home run to Bo Bichette and that's your ball game there and then game two was just an absolute blowout the Yankees destroyed them 13 to 3 James Paxson was money pitched five innings gave up only a run with three strikeouts they really took control of this game in the fifth inning Guardy hits a three-run homer um they they would score they, you know they'd go up to six nothing and then they were with three in the three in the sixth inning four runs in the ninth inning to take a 13 to 1 lead not much to say there. The Yankees' offense has been explosive all season long. So, and then they lost game three. I mean, it was a bullpen day. Chad Green was starting the game. Montgomery and Batanzas actually made brief appearances, but the thing about Dellen Batanzas now, uh, it was that game. He um, injured his Achilles. He partially torn his Achilles, and he is out for a whole year. So, huge hit to the Yankees' bullpen, especially if somebody like Dellen Batanzas um who was going to play a vital role i think uh, in the playoffs but the bright side was um now the yankees are taking on the angels and luis severino started yesterday he was fantastic pitched um four innings i think and i think he only gave up i think he gave up no runs so he was fantastic good to see Sevy have a very good his first outing of the year and then you know, the story remains the same. The Yankees are still waiting for the playoffs and the season to wind down their upcoming schedule. They have two more against the Angels, three against the Blue Jays, two at the Rays, and then three at the Rangers to finish out the regular season. A um, little bit of injury update. Gary Sanchez still out with a groin strain. He's hoping to return to this before the season ends. Edwin Encarnacion um, exited in Game 2 of the Tigers series, an oblique strain. Um not really much going on there. Jay Happ was day-to-day with a bicep injury. Will avoid the IL. But the biggest news that just came in a couple minutes ago, Giancarlo Stanton is back in the lineup tonight against the Angels. Um, all I'm going to ask is please don't strike out four or five times because that's just what he does. I think this Yankee team all around is better 
a little bit better when he's not in the lineup, but of course you want that big bat Stanton in the lineup. Um, but his Yankee story will be written in this playoffs. I know he's missed pretty much the entire year. Do I expect him to be clutch and have a big bat in the playoffs? Not really, but if Stanton can pull it out and really help this Yankee offense, it doesn't need much help to begin with anyway, but if he can add to it, the more the merrier at this point. So the Yankees will take on the Angels for, I believe, two more. Yeah, they have two more games uh, tonight and tomorrow, and then they take on the Blue Jays. Then they'll have a a day off when they head to Tampa Bay. So that's really it for baseball. Joe, you got hockey stuff yet? Yeah, I think I'm ready with hockey. Wonderful. Let's carry it over. I feel like we haven't talked hockey in a while. So so preseason, maybe some of you guys know, preseason has started uh, this past Sunday with the... Vegas Golden Knights and the Coyotes. Vegas Golden Knights took that one over, 6-2 final. But the big story was New Jersey's New Jersey Devils' Jack Hughes on Tuesday night, so last night, scoring the game, or no, I'm sorry, Monday night, scoring the game-winning goal against the Boston Bruins in overtime. The Bruins and the Devils had the Devils had thirty shots on goal, and thirty three for the Bruins. Goaltender wise, let's see who goal, goalie was. For who? For the Devils. Who was the goalie for the Devils? Probably Mackenzie Blackwood. I'll guess. Anything? Nothing. Schneider. Really? Schneider and Sen both played. I don't know Schneider, Schneider was 17 for 18 saves. Uh, 17 saves on 18 mm-hmm. shots. Um, so overall, looking good so far. They actually had a second game on on Monday. I think they played Montreal, I believe. They played Montreal. It was yeah. a split squad game, mm. so they had like... Part of their team one place, yep. part of the team in the other place, whatever. Um, they ended up losing in that game 4-2 to two against Montreal. Um, but like I said, the biggest biggest thing that came out of this this preseason game, was, these preseason games, was the play of Jack Hughes. Of so you get to see that first overall player. Um, we'll get to see them tonight, Rangers and Devils, so... Overall, number one and two. Is that the face to face? What channel is that on? Are we gonna be able to get that? Uh, I'll I'll find out later, but I I'm not sure. I'm mm. hoping to see it, mm. even though it's a preseason matchup. Um, but also the the New York Islanders, they had a lot of good things going for them last year, and they start the preseason out two and zero, oh. so. Good with them. Fly they had the Flyers on Monday. They won three to one. And on Tuesday also played the Flyers and then it ended up winning three to two in overtime. So both teams so far that have played the the Devils and the Islanders looking pretty decent. Um, even with those with the young players playing. But tonight I'm excited to see uh, the matchup between Capo Caco and Jack Hughes. Um, he sure should be playing with for the Devils tonight. Miles Woods, 
um, Vatanen, and I believe Corey Schneider is going to be playing as well for in goal for the Devils. So a few a few bigger name players playing uh, tonight for the Devils. The Rangers also uh, are Temi Panarin, Capo Caco, Kreider, Zabinajad. Jacob Truba is actually playing. But the thing I wanted to really point out is starting goaltender for tonight for the Rangers, Georgiev. Yeah, see? Been telling you. And you know who the backup is? Uh, the other guy. Shishkinen. Yeah, that's right. That's what so I we're going to get to see two potential goaltenders for the coming future with the Rangers. You still have the same feelings on uh, on the goaltender situation in, in New York? I mean, there hasn't really been anything for me to change my mind. I mean, we haven't just started preseason. So yeah. I still think Georgiev, I mean, is Lundqvist isn't playing at all. Like he doesn't. Not he doesn't. He doesn't really need Not to tonight, anyway. No. Um, yeah, I feel the exact same way. I'm going off of what Georgiev did last year. I think he was. I think he was a lot better actually than people said that he was. I I hype him up. Maybe I hype him up a little too much. I don't know, but I think he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think he's great. And you know, I don't know what Shishkinin's gonna be, but I guess you can find out tonight. I mean, they're gonna they're Devils Rangers rivalry. I don't care if it's preseason or not. It's a Fun game to watch, no matter what. So I guess you're going to see. There's going is to be. She's going to play tonight, or do you? Or is he just the backup? The, no, they'll they'll probably have split time tonight. Okay. Uh, like halfway through the second, maybe play she's going to. I don't so, know. I'm kind of. I'm. I kind of like the. I like the situation as a whole that the Rangers got going on. Mm-hmm. As far as the goalies go. And the other thing, Capocacco is ready placed himself on the top line for the Rangers. Obviously, it's still preseason, but he'll be playing with Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin. So, cool to see that. Um, Do you know the line that Jack Hughes was on the other night? I don't. You might have to look that up. I'll I'll take a look at it. Yeah, I don't know. The other other guy I'm uh, I'm looking forward to see as a Rangers fan perspective is... uh, Adam Fox on defense. Right, that's the that's the uh, guy from Phoenix, Arizona. I believe it was Ari- yeah, it was from Arizona. He was a younger kid. Um, he's a top prospect going into this year, or going in. Yeah, even going into this year actually. Yeah. So, um, be cool. Did you hear about this Dustin Bufflin thing? Yeah, um, that he. You're saying that the one that he uh, has, like, a leave of absence from the league or yeah, whatever? Yeah, but he's—I think he's also, like—I think I saw something today that he's mulling retirement. I mean, I I see. He's been in the league for a while. Um, his his play style, the big, like, the, I don't consider him a goon because he could, he could do really anything, but, like, those big hitter guys aren't—those tough guys, they're— there's no place for him in the league anymore. And it's kind of upsetting because I like I like that you style the NHL play. is getting a little soft? I do. I think a lot of sports, though, are getting are getting pretty soft. Mm. So, especially with the whole contact with the head, and which I agree with, but you still have to let the players play in the way that they could play because the physical aspect of ice hockey is always going to be there. I mean... It's impossible to play ice hockey without the physical contact. Mm. 
So, I mean, if that's the reason, I don't know. But it's it would kind of be upsetting because he is one of my, my favorite players to watch. Right. Because he could do anything. And he's, he's just so big. He takes out everybody. What about the speak? Just keep it on the subject of the Winnipeg Jets. Like, is there still a lot of trade talks going on around Patrick Laine? I don't. Yeah, there, I, I just don't understand. This whole that. I really don't understand it. This whole offseason has because his his contract is up soon. So, I think it was there. It's a three year entry level draft uh, entry level contract that they get mm. out of out of wherever they come from from the draft. So I believe he's in his third year this year, and he's asking for a certain amount. It's it's a money thing again, but there's also a lot of stuff saying that he's not happy with the direction that the team is going. So yeah. whether the whole Buffalo thing has has to do with this, has to do with the same issue, I'm not sure. Um, but Patrick Laine is on the market. They are shopping him around. So probably gonna have to get a haul for him. Like, I'll, like I, I expect. Yeah, there's or, gonna be a haul or for him. you get him in, or you get him in free agents if they don't yeah. do a deal because it, right now it doesn't seem like a deal's anywhere close. Mm. Uh, anything else? Uh, not other than other than those three games that I've already played. No, Not much. I just wanted to touch on it. because. What are the other uh, top storylines going in? Puck the, season yeah. is back, people. Yeah. Well, October, right? October they start? Yeah, they'll be at, at the end of this month. So probably. what's like the what are the top storylines going into the, this NHL season? We preview it a little bit. Top storylines. So obviously the the rivalry between... For, are you saying just here or for uh, the league? We know the storylines here. You know, the Devils Rangers... Uh, you know, rivalry is taking another turn. It's you know, it's going to be exciting to watch as well, and, and as well as the New York Islanders. I'm really curious if the Islanders are going to take that step. You know, take that next step. You know, considering they don't have the same goaltender they did last year. Um, I think they is it Semyon Varlamov. Is mm-hmm. it Semyon Varlamov? Um, I'm interested to see where they go. I think they're still a young enough team. They just ex- they extended Anders Lee. And um, they still have all their core guys, Barzell, they have Casey Sezikis, and um, yeah, they still have all their, their top guys. I think the Islanders are going to be a top team in, in the Eastern Conference this year again. Um, but around the NHL, I'm asking. Around the NHL, you can't forget about the whole Phil Kessel thing. Right. So going, in, going into the season, we want to see how um, the impact on the Pittsburgh Penguins without Phil Kessel because he had he had a strong a strong following there and he played a lot of big minutes for them. So seeing how they could uh deal with adversity adversity in that aspect uh should be interesting. Um Ovechkin, how he's going to hold up this season. The other the other team that I've been seeing a lot about is the Blue Jackets. They're yeah. they've they've always been a competitor in the Metropolitan Division, but now they're adding a lot of pieces. Um, well, because now they don't have to pay for Panarin. So yeah, they, they don't have to pay for now. Panarin. So, at, well, and Bobrovsky, mm-hmm. Bobrovsky's not there either. Right. So they've always been a competitor, but they they they've added a lot of pieces, but 
are these two big pieces that they lost going to kind of shadow that? Yeah. Huh. So that's NHL news as we preview the NHL season going in. When does the season actually start? The regular season actually starts... Fact-checking. Wednesday, October 2nd. October 2nd. Is that early? Or is that pretty no, much No, normally it's beginning of October. All right, so we got a couple weeks until the NHL season gets started. Of course, we're still in football mode but because you're only two weeks into football season. But the baseball playoffs are coming soon, and hockey season is right around the corner as well. All right, so we're going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the show with some NFL storylines going on, maybe some storylines around sports, and then on this day in sports history. You're listening to the Tri-State Sports Beat. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. And we're back. Tri-State Sports Beat. Headlines for around the sports world. Basically just the NFL. Basically the NFL. There's nothing else really. We'll cool. start off with Jacksonville Jaguars. Jalen Ramsey wants out. And a hefty after, price tag at yeah, that. After, after last, last week's game and his altercation with, uh, with head coach Marone. Doug Marone, yeah. Doug Marone uh, came out afterwards that he, he demanded a release and or he demanded a trade, um, but the price tag is absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I think um, you're going you're going to get a haul for him either way. But yeah, they want. I believe they want Jacksonville two first wants, rounds yeah, two first round and, and a player or something like that. Yeah, so. it's ridiculous. But I mean, let's be real. Some team is going to be desperate for corner and a shutdown corner at that. Um, fly uh, little rumors flying around about the Eagles, the 49ers. Um, that's really all I see right now. I mean, you got to think about the other teams are involved too the Chiefs, the Cowboys. You know, they could use another nice corner. Um, that's all I really I see right now. Let's see, five possible landing spots for Jalen Ramsey. Um, I mean, I said I wouldn't mind him with the Jets. Oh, well, I mean. But what are the Jets? I mean, I don't know if I'm willing to give up two first-round picks. Because, let's be honest, they're going to be pretty high, I think. Um, Let's see. Tennessee Titans, either that wouldn't happen. The Raiders, that's a possibility, too. John Gruden's made some... Interesting decisions. San Francisco, like I said, this is courtesy of fan-sided. I'm reading off of that. Uh, the Eagles, and number one would be the Chiefs. Wow. Could you imagine? If the Chiefs get him. Wow. Without, they already have Tyron Matthew. And they you know, will be a shoe-in for the Super Bowl. They have that guy that throws the ball every once in a while, you know, really it that really guy. they got Travis Kelsey who's probably my favorite fantasy player of all time you know Tyreek Hill you know they're stacked. they're stacked I don't know why he's your favorite fantasy player by the way uh I like tight ends tight end so I know Joe that was, I said that on purpose so I know you'd laugh a little bit you moron <laughs> I like tight ends what do you want um I don't know your dad kept Mitchell Trubisky why don't you ask him yeah, he's not good. <laughs> he did end up winning one of the weeks, so I don't know if he won this past week, but well, I don't know. Go ahead, go on. 
Then we got two well, quarterbacks. Well, uh, actually, let me ask first. Sorry. Okay. Where do you think Jalen Ramsey ends up? If he ends up anywhere at all. I think if Kansas City has the funds, I think that's just too enticing of a team not to go to. Uh-huh. And they can afford the up two first-round draft picks. Yeah. So, I, honestly, I would... It's a good possibility. I think they're, if they're I, that high in the running for him. Yeah, I read somewhere that I think for AFC teams it's two first round draft picks, but for the NFC team, it's a first round draft pick and a player. Really? I heard that from I saw that from somewhere. I don't remember That's where. I think that was Yahoo Sports. I could be wrong though. I don't want to cite my wrong source. Um, go ahead, go on with the rest of it. So then we have. Two quarterback issues. Well, a lot of quarterback issues oh, yeah. in the NFL right now. Two big ones. Oh, um, as of one minute ago, Sam Darnold is speaking to the media. Sorry. Oh, that's big. Yeah, we'll, we will watch that after we conclude. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, like I was saying. Sorry. Um, the one quarterback, Big Ben, out for the year. Elbow. With an, with, uh, an elbow injury. Mm. He's going to have surgery on that. Um, that that's a huge blow for Pittsburgh only because they don't have AB, they don't have Le'Veon Bell, and now Ben Roethlisberger is gone for the season as well. They're relying heavily on Juju now Juju. and James Conner. And well, I'm not gonna discount Mason Rudolph because there's a little bit talk in Pittsburgh that he might be the heir apparent there, to Big yeah, Ben. Yeah, there's. There's a possibility there. I'm not going to take that away from him, but I'm saying, like, bigger name players. Right. Right. Those two, they have a lot of... They have huge shoes to fill now. Mm. Huge, gigantic. Because they, because they had that big three. Mm-hmm. And now, in the season, they're all gone. So, considering that, who wins the AFC North? I think the Browns, with it's, it's two two games in. You can't say too much. I do like Baltimore. Mm. Baltimore's been playing really well, but you can't discredit what the Browns have on. Let's their be roster. real. Let's be real. The Browns' offense the past two weeks have not. Been great. I know no. they blew out the Jets twenty three to three, but what is that really? No, but and Baker didn't if, look good anyway. But if they get going, if if, but here's the thing: Baltimore's already going. But 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 playing devil's advocate to myself, even how long can they keep it up? Exactly. How long can they keep up? I think I it, think they could. Because I think I think it I think it ends this weekend against the Chiefs. Not overall, I well, think. I think they still have. Okay. I think their offense is still All explosive, right. but I think they take a little hitch in their giddy up. But you know what? Sometimes that's what a good team needs to become great. Yeah, they have to learn how to lose early. Because mm-hmm. then, what if you go all se- all season, you win fourteen straight? I'm, just, I'm not saying they would have won fourteen straight, but what if you win fourteen straight and you lose in week fifteen? And your t- your players don't know how to overcome that mm. loss. 
So, I that mean, you won't be a great team going into playoffs. But you're not saying that the Ravens are going to go undefeated, but I mean, no, they have to No, no, I'm just saying in general, lose. like if this were to happen to any team, right. even if you even if you win 7-8 games in a row mm-hmm. right out of the gates. It was like the Houston Texans last year. And they then they lost run. and you what happened? Mm, not much. You couldn't regroup yourself. Right. So winning winning early in the season, I believe or losing early in the season, I believe is a good thing because you learn how to overcome it. With the Jets, <laughs> when you can just continue to lose and you can't figure out how to win, that's a different story. If you're winning and you lose and then you continue to win, that's what a great team can do. You know who I blame? I blame the schedule makers. <laughs> Let's start, not start putting blame on people now. No, the Jets are, the Jets are fully to blame for everything that happens to them. <laughs> Except um, for the injuries, because they just you can't control injuries. Yeah. But yeah. Um, the other quarterback, Drew Brees, which is a huge blow to my fantasy team and probably a lot of other. You know what? I got I got to toot my own horn for a second. Sorry. In one of my fantasy teams this week, one of my fantasy teams this week, I made the strategic decision in benching Drew Brees for Dak Prescott this past week. I should be a general manager of a team. I didn't. Just saying. And I had two quarterbacks go off for 30 straight points. But go ahead. Go ahead. Anyway. Ends up. (laughs) He injured, I believe, his thumb on his throwing hand. Ligament in his thumb. Yeah. So he's going going to, I believe he's going to need surgery. I think he already had it. Right? Yeah. Um, Six weeks. So you have four to six weeks, I said, uh, for, for recovery. And then, but he wasn't even able to grip the football. That night, yeah. so it, it didn't look good from the start. Um, hopefully, he gets well soon because again, he's on my fantasy team. I don't want to drop him. He was like my first over. I, he was one of my <laughs> first round picks or second round picks. Are you going into more depression? A little bit. <laughs> Notice how I said more. Yeah. Because JTS Jets Jets Jets. I had a great team. <laughs> You're not so confident you're going to so win, man. Oh, good and breezy. Oh, everyone's good and breezy. Then. <laughs> oh. In training camp, they were so good. They're going up against themselves. <laughs> oh, oh, the pain. Oh, the pain. Uh, <laughs> damn. Well, anything that was, else? That was we got anything else? That was depressing. Other than that, no. <laughs> Other than that, let's switch gears. Let's conclude episode number 88 with On This Day in Sports History. All right, Joe, let's go. And we never start on this day in sports history. No, we don't. Today's trivia. On September 18th, 1963, the Phillies beat the Mets 5-1 in the final MLB. In the final MLB played game... At what historic park? Oh my god, I don't know why that was so hard. Who was who were the teams playing? Phillies and the Mets. It was Phillies at the Mets. Doesn't say. That's the thing. Oh, that would be. What year was this? Too easy. What year was this? Sixty-three. Nineteen sixty-three. Trying to think back here. All right, so it's nineteen sixty-three. Shea Stadium was not built yet. Uh, 63. Oh, I'm going to go with the former home of the New York Titans. 
the polo grounds. Correct. Hey. How we doing? So you actually, so you got last week's right too, right? Uh, I forget what last week's was. It was either last week's or two weeks ago. So, you're like, you're two for three in the past three weeks. Killing it. Birthday. Oh, yay. yay. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday, Harvey Haddix. Mm. Bud Greenspan. Scotty Bowman. Daryl Sittler. Daryl Singley. <laughs> Stingley. Whatever. <laughs> it's not whatever. It's a man's name. <laughs> Sorry, Daryl. The second one. <laughs> Rick Pitino. Dennis Johnson. Great name. Bill Sims. Easy name. Great name. Peter Stasny. Great name. Does he still play? Yeah, he does. You know? Interesting. No, he doesn't. No. <laughs> Wait. No, that's a different Peter. No, that's his dad. Oh, he doesn't play. Still. No, he doesn't. Play. <laughs> I was looking at the 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 year and it's 56. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, he doesn't play anymore. Uh, Ryan Sandberg. Tony Kukok. What? <laughs> <laughs> he said that wrong. I don't know. Tony Kukoc. There's no H there. He's uh he's your Lance Armstrong. Oh. Ronaldo. Which one? It just says Ronaldo. Oh, okay. <laughs> it just says Ronaldo. <laughs> just says Ronaldo. Tony Cock. <laughs> Come on, you don't know who Tony Kuk- Kukoc? Do you know what team Tony Kukoc played for? Do you even know what sport he sport played? Sport is it? Played basketball. He was on the Chicago Bulls championship teams. I mean, it, the name looks familiar. Tony Kukoc. I thought it was. Kukoc. I forget where he's from. Can you spell his last name? K U K O C. No H. I know. Uh, Tony, Kuk- he's from Croatia. Okay. Croatian basketball player. Yep. Uh, Happy okay. birthday, Tony Kukoc. Sorry for butchering Dashing your name. Golson. Huh? What? And. Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka. All right. Go ahead. Okay, well, let me fix my hand here. I'm covering the... On this day, <laughs> in 1968, Cardinals pitcher Jay Washburn no-hit the Giants in Candlestick Park. Two to nothing. The pitching gem came a day after Gaylord Perry of the Giants hit no... Had no hit St. Louis one to nothing. These games mark the only time that no hitters have been thrown on successful days in the same ballpark. Do you understand that? Not really. <laughs> to be honest, it wasn't listening. <laughs> But that was on this day, you know? Listen to I heard day. something about Candlestick Park. I was trying to figure something out with our audio board here. But it sounded interesting because I heard Candlestick Park, so that's nice. Candlestick Park. Did did St. Louis... Oh, I get it now. What happened? Got it. Okay. What did you do? No. Okay, so basically there was two no-hitters right. in a row in Candlestick Park. All right. That's it. Okay. It's easy enough. Candlestick Park is no longer standing now, so I guess that's why that's kind of important. 
Yeah, well, that happens. That is on this day in sports history. <laughs> confusing end to yeah, this episode. A little bit. A little bit confusing. Joe's got a little bit of a dyslexia, but we work with it. It's fine. All right. That is the end of episode number. Yeah, and you still let me read this. Because, Joe, you you say all the time that you're here for entertainment value. I am. You're bringing entertainment to the people with That's your, why I love doing your it. inability to read. I just, I'm just here for the people. Should put that on a shirt. I'm just here for the people. Ranger Joe, here for Ranger the people. Ranger Joe, here for the people. All right, that concludes episode number 88 of the Tri State Sports Joe, Beat. The fans, fan. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be the new, you're gonna be the new guy to lead the Jets chant at Life Stadium. <laughs> move, move out of the way, Fireman Ed. <laughs> here comes Ranger J-E-T-S. Joe. E T S. Hello? No, nobody? Okay. No? No? <laughs> We're owing we'll two. get him next time. We're owing two. We're not very happy we'll get him right next now. <laughs> all right. Well, that is it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening. Follow us on all our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Just kidding. We don't have TikTok. <laughs> huh? I was like, when do we have TikTok? <laughs> we don't have TikTok. <laughs> I was... <laughs> Joe used to have a TikTok. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I wanted to see what the fad was about. <laughs> Same thing with Vine. I went on for Vine, and except it Vine, was awful. Except Vine is actually good. No. Oh, come on. Joe, you're not a man of the people if you don't like Vine. I'm not a man of the people. I'm the fans fan. Fans fan, man of the people, Ranger Joe. You, <laughs> if you don't like Vine, there's something wrong with you. R.I.P. Vine. There's well, apparently not a lot of people like Vine if it's gone. A lot of people like Vines. They got, I don't know why they got rid of it. I think it, I think it was a government inside job or something. What? Yeah. Let's not turn this thing conspiracy. Are you <laughs> going insane? <laughs> yeah, I'm a Jeff fan. What do you want me to expect? All right. All right. I got it. <laughs> you got it? Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you guys so much for listening. Stay tuned for our week three NFL picks tomorrow on IGTV. Joe went. Joe and I went two and one. Scott went one and three. So he is falling behind fast, just like the New York Jets and the Giants. Thank you guys so much for listening. So look out for that. We will see you guys next time. If you want to interact with us, follow us on Twitter at TriState underscore Beat. Also, if you want to make an appearance on the show, send us a message on the Anchor app. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. I want to be a part of it. New York, New York. Start spreading the news.